Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. First Canto, Chapter 9, Texts 43 through 49. Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 9, Text 43. Sutta Goswami said, Thus Bhishmadev merged himself in the Supersoul, Lord Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, with his mind, speech, sight, and actions, and thus he became silent, and his breathing stopped. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The stage attained by Bhishmadev while quitting his material body is called Nirvikalpa Samadhi because he merged his self into thinking of the Lord and his mind into remembering his different activities. He chanted the glories of the Lord, and by his sight he began to see the Lord personally present before him and thus all his activities became concentrated upon the Lord without deviation. This is the highest stage of perfection, and it is possible for everyone to attain this stage by practice of devotional service. The devotional service of the Lord consists of nine principles of service activities, and they are 1. Hearing 2. Chanting 3. Remembering. 4. Serving the lotus feet. 5. Worshipping. 6. Praying. 7. Executing the orders. 8. Fraternizing. And 9. Fully surrendering. Any one of them, or all of them, are equally competent to award the desired result, but they require to be practiced persistently under the guidance of an expert devotee of the Lord. The first item, hearing, is the most important item of all, and therefore hearing the Bhagavad Gita and later on Srimad Bhagavatam is essential for the serious candidate who wants to attain the stage of Bhishmadev at the end. The unique situation at Bhishmadev's time of death can be attained, even though Lord Krishna may not be personally present. His words of the Bhagavad Gita, or those of Srimad Bhagavatam, are identical with the Lord. They are sound incarnations of the Lord, and one can fully utilize them to be entitled to attain the stage of Sri Bhishmadev, who was one of the eight Vasus. Every man or animal must die at a certain stage of life. But one who dies like Bhishmadev attains perfection. And one who dies forced by the laws of nature dies like an animal. That is the difference between a man and an animal. 
The human form of life is especially meant for dying like Bhishmadev. Text 44. Knowing that Bhishmadev had merged into the unlimited eternity of the Supreme Absolute, all present there became silent, like birds at the end of the day. Report by Srila Prabhupada. To enter into or to become merged into the unlimited eternity of the Supreme Absolute means to enter the original home of the living being. The living beings are all competent parts and parcels of the Absolute Personality of Godhead, and therefore they are eternally related with Him as the servitor and the served. The Lord is served by all His parts and parcels, as the complete machine is served by its parts and parcels. Any part of the machine removed from the whole is no longer important. Similarly, any part and parcel of the Absolute, detached from the service of the Lord, is useless. The living beings who are in the material world are all disintegrated parts and parcels of the Supreme Whole, and they are no longer as important as the original parts and parcels. There are, however, more integrated living beings who are eternally liberated. The material energy of the Lord, called Durga Shakti, or the superintendent of the prison house, takes charge of the disintegrated parts and parcels, and thus they undergo a conditioned life under the laws of material nature. When the living being becomes conscious of this fact, he tries to go back home, back to Godhead, and thus the spiritual urge of the living being begins. This spiritual urge is called Brahma Jignasa, or inquiry about Brahman. Principally, this Brahma Jignasa is successful by knowledge, renunciation, and devotional service to the Lord. Gyan, or knowledge, means knowledge of everything of Brahman, the Supreme. Renunciation means detachment of material affection. And devotional service is the revival by practice of the original position of the living being. The successful living beings who are eligible to enter into the realm of the Absolute are called the Gyanis, the Yogis, and the Bhaktas. The Gyanis and the Yogis enter into the impersonal rays of the Supreme, but the Bhaktas enter into the spiritual planets known as the Vaikunthas. In these spiritual planets, the Supreme Lord, as Narayan, predominates, and the healthy, unconditioned living beings live there by rendering loving service unto the Lord in the capacity of servant, friend, parents, and fiancé. There, the unconditioned living beings enjoy life in full freedom with the Lord, whereas the impersonal, gyanis and yogis, 
enter into the impersonal glowing effulgence of the Vaikuntha planets. The Vaikuntha planets are all self-illuminating, like the sun, and the rays of the Vaikuntha planets are called the Brahmajyoti. The Brahmajyoti is spread unlimitedly, and the material world is but a covered portion of an insignificant part of the same Brahmajyoti. This covering is temporary, and therefore it is a sort of illusion. Bhishmadev, as a pure devotee of the Lord, entered the spiritual realm in one of the Vaikuntha planets, where the Lord in his eternal form of Parthasarathi predominates over the unconditioned living beings who are constantly engaged in the service of the Lord. The love and affection which bind the Lord and devotee are exhibited in the case of Bhishmadev. Bhishmadev never forgot the Lord in his transcendental feature as the Parthasarathi, and the Lord was present personally before Bhishmadev while he was passing into the transcendental world. That is the highest perfection of life. Text 45. Thereafter, both men and demigods sounded drums in honor, and the highest royal order commenced demonstrations of honor and respect. And from the sky fell showers of flowers. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Bhishmadev was respected both by the human beings and by the demigods. The human beings live on Earth and similar other planets in the Bhur and Bhuvar group of planets. But the demigods live in the Svar, or heavenly planets, and all of them knew Bhishmadev as a great warrior and devotee of the Lord. As a Mahajan, or authority, he was on the level of Brahma, Narada, and Shiva, although he was a human being. Qualification on par with the great demigods is possible only on attainment of spiritual perfection. Thus, Bhishmadev was known all over the universes. And during his time, interplanetary travel was affected by finer methods than the futile endeavors of mechanical spacecraft. When the distant planets were informed of the passing away of Bhishmadev, all the inhabitants of the upper planets, as well as that of Earth, dropped down showers of flowers to show due respect to the departed great personality. This showering of flowers from heaven is a sign of recognition by the great demigods, and it should never be compared to the decoration of a dead body. The body of Bhishmadev lost its material effects due to being surcharged with spiritual realization, and thus the body was spiritualized, as when iron becomes red-hot when in contact with fire. The body of a fully self-realized soul is not, therefore, accepted as material. Special ceremonies are observed for such spiritual bodies. The respect and recognition of Bhishmadev are never to be imitated by artificial means, as it has become a fashion 
to observe the so-called Jayanti ceremony for any and every common man. According to authorized Shastras, such a Jayanti ceremony for an ordinary man, however exalted he may be materially, is an offense to the Lord, because Jayanti is reserved for the day when the Lord appears on the earth. Bhishmadev was unique in his activities, and his passing away to the kingdom of God is also unique. Text 46 O descendant of Brigu, Shonika, after performing funeral rituals for the dead body of Bhishmadev, Maharaj Yudhisthira was momentarily overtaken with grief. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Bhishmadev was not only a great family head of Maharaj Yudhisthira, but also he was a great philosopher and friend to him, his brothers, and his mother. Since Maharaj Pandu, the father of the five brothers headed by Maharaj Yudhisthira, had died, Bhishmadev was the most affectionate grandfather of the Pandavas and caretaker of the widow daughter-in-law, Kunti. Although Maharaj Dhritarashtra, the elder uncle of Maharaj Yudhisthira, was there to look after them, his affection was more on the side of his hundred sons, headed by Duryodhana. Ultimately, a colossal clique was fabricated to deprive the five fatherless brothers of the rightful claim to the kingdom of Hastinapur. There was great intrigue, common in imperial palaces, and the five brothers were exiled to the wilderness. But Bhishmadev was always a sincere, sympathetic well-wisher, grandfather, friend, and philosopher to Maharaj Yudhisthira even up to the last moment of his life. He died very happily by seeing Maharaj Yudhisthira to the throne. Otherwise, he would have long ago quitted his material body, instead of suffering agony over undue sufferings of the Pandavas. He was simply waiting for the opportune moment, because he was sure and certain that the sons of Pandu would come out victorious on the battlefield of Kurukshetra as his lordship, Sri Krishna, was their protector. As a devotee of the Lord, he knew that the Lord's devotee cannot be vanquished at any time. Maharaj Yudhisthira was quite aware of all these good wishes of Bhishmadev, and therefore he must have been feeling great separation. He was sorry for the separation of a great soul, and not for the material body which Bhishmadev relinquished. The funeral ceremony was a necessary duty, although Bhishmadev was a liberated soul. Since Bhishmadev was without issue, the eldest grandson, namely Maharaj Yudhisthira, was the rightful person to perform this ceremony. It was a great boon to Bhishmadev that an equally great son of the family undertook the last rites of a great man. Text 47. All the great sages then glorified Lord Sri Krishna, who was present there, by confidential Vedic hymns 
Then all of them returned to their respective hermitages, bearing always Lord Krishna within their hearts. Report by Śrīla Prabhupāda The devotees of the Lord are always in the heart of the Lord, and the Lord is always in the hearts of the devotees. That is the sweet relation between the Lord and his devotees. Due to unalloyed love and devotion for the Lord, the devotees always see him within themselves. And the Lord also, although he has nothing to do and nothing to aspire to, is always busy in attending to the welfare of his devotees. For the ordinary living beings, the law of nature is there for all actions and reactions. But he is always anxious to put his devotees on the right path. The devotees, therefore, are under the direct care of the Lord. And the Lord also voluntarily puts himself under the care of his devotees only. So all the sages, headed by Vyasadeva, were devotees of the Lord, and therefore they chanted the Vedic hymns after the funeral ceremony just to please the Lord, who was present there personally. All the Vedic hymns are chanted to please Lord Krishna. This is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita, 1515. All the Vedas, Upanishads, Vedanta, etc., are seeking him only, and all hymns are for glorifying him only. The sages, therefore, perform the exact acts suitable for the purpose, and they happily departed for their respective hermitages. Text 48 Thereafter, Maharaj Yudhisthira at once went to his capital, Astinapur, accompanied by Lord Sri Krishna. And there he consoled his uncle and aunt, Gandhari, who was an ascetic. Report by Srila Prabhupada Dhritarashtra and Gandhari, the father and the mother of Duryodhana and his brothers, were the elder uncle and aunt of Maharaj Yudhisthira. After the battle of Kurukshetra, the celebrated couple, having lost all their sons and grandsons, were under the care of Maharaj Yudhisthira. They were passing their days in great agony over such a heavy loss of life and were practically living the life of ascetics. The death news of Bhishmadev, uncle of Dhritarashtra, was another great shock for the king and queen, and therefore they required solace from Maharaj Yudhisthira. Maharaj Yudhisthira was conscious of his duty, and he at once hurried to the spot with Lord Krishna and satisfied the bereaved Dhritarashtra with kind words, from both himself and the Lord also. Gantari was a powerful ascetic, although she was living the life of a faithful wife, and a kind mother. It is said that Gandhari also voluntarily blindfolded her eyes because of the blindness of her husband. A wife's duty is to follow the husband, cent per cent, and Gandhari was so true to her husband that she followed him 
even in his perpetual blindness. Therefore, in her actions, she was a great ascetic. Besides that, the shock she suffered because of the wholesale killing of her 100 sons and her grandsons also was certainly too much for a woman. But she suffered all this, just like an ascetic. Gandhari, although a woman, is no less than Bhishmadev in character. They are both remarkable personalities in the Mahabharata. Text 49. After this, the great religious king, Maharaj Yudhisthir, executed the royal power in the kingdom, strictly according to the codes of royal principles approved by his uncle and confirmed by Lord Sri Krishna. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Maharaj Yudhisthir was not a mere tax collector. He was always conscious of his duty as a king, which is no less than that of a father or spiritual master. The king is to see to the welfare of the citizens from all angles of social, political, economic, and spiritual upliftment. The king must know that human life is meant for liberating the encaged soul from the bondage of material conditions, and therefore his duty is to see that the citizens are properly looked after to attain this highest stage of perfection. Maharaj Yudhisthira followed these principles strictly, as will be seen from the next chapter. Not only did he follow the principle, but he also got approval from his old uncle, who was experienced in political affairs, and that also was confirmed by Lord Krishna, the speaker of the philosophy of Bhagavad Gita, Maharaj Yudhisthira is the ideal monarch, and monarchy under a trained king like Maharaj Yudhisthira is by far the most superior form of government, superior to modern republics or governments of the people by the people. The mass of people, especially in the age of Kali, are all born sudras, basically low-born, ill-trained, unfortunate, and badly associated. They themselves do not know the highest perfectional aim of life. Therefore, votes cast by them actually have no value, and thus persons elected by such irresponsible votes cannot be responsible representatives like Maharaj Yudhisthira. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the first canto, ninth chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam entitled, The Passing Away of Bhishmadev in the Presence of Lord Krishna. Text 50